0: For those of you who do not know me, my name is Joseph Santos. I am the new collegiate young adult and outreach pastor here at Calamesa. It is exciting to be a part of this congregation. I am excited to get to know each and every one of you. And uh, before we get started into the sermon, let's just pray one more time. Father, we're so grateful to you. We just ask that you continue to be with us that it may be your words which I speak. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There is this little-known bakery in San Diego, California called Little George's Bakery. I had a privilege and the opportunity to go there at one point and even know the person who was the owner of this bakery. And one day he called me on my phone. He's like, Joseph, can you come on by to my house? I was like, Okay. I'll come on by. Anybody invites me over, who knows, maybe I get food and that's going to be good, right? <laughs> so I come on over his house and uh, he's in the back. He has this little bakery. He's now retired. It's a small 12 by 12 foot uh, foot place with everything he needs. And he's like, just give me one second. I'm about to start the process of making bread and making the pumpkin pies. And he starts off going, and I, I'm just watching there in this window as he gets the flour, he puts it in, he puts some water in, he gets some spices, he does that, and he's going through it, he starts mixing it, and, and he puts it into another machine, it starts going, then he puts it in the oven real quick, and I'm looking, and I'm like marveling, because it seems like there's a, thuz, a, a dozen things going on at once, and I'm just amazed at how everything is working so perfectly, and how it's so good. Finally, he finishes, finish it, finishes it up. He puts it in the oven. And now he's like, okay, I'm done. He goes, he goes into his refrigerator. He takes out a loaf of bread. He takes out a pumpkin pie, which he's made specifically for me. You like pumpkin pie? Me too. <laughs> he takes it out. He looks at me. He smiles. He winks at me. And he's like, this is for you. Take it home. And I remember that story and I think about it because at the heart of all of this operation, this 12 by foot, 12 by 12 building where he's just building, he's just cooking and he's baking, I see that a man that is doing something that is not of convenience to him, he's retired, doesn't have to be doing this, but rather he sees and he has this conviction to bake bread and to make cakes because making cakes was the right thing to do for him. I saw a man that believed in what we're going to talk about today in Matthew 6, that there's such a danger in emphasizing our outward requirements of faith and that our walk with God is not supposed to be this external display of righteousness. But rather, it's supposed to be soul deep, not skin deep. Let us open our Bibles this morning to Matthew. Chapter 6, and we'll start reading in verse 1. And it says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as hypocrites do in the synagogues. And on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. I love how Jesus starts off this new text here, this new chapter here. He starts off by saying, be careful. Be careful because he understands it is our human nature for us to stop thinking about, to start thinking only about ourselves, right, and not thinking about exactly what we are doing. You see, in those times, giving to the poor, praying, fasting were some of the most demonstrated religious activity during that time. And if we look at this section from the beginning, we are able to see this theme that is starting to occur that we cannot please both God and man. We cannot have two audiences, only one. And this is the expectation to fast, to pray, to give. Because in verse 2 it says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it as trumpets. And, and I think about this context and I'm like... Is it possible that the Pharisees, every time they would, they would give to somebody, they had somebody behind them with a trumpet and just blowing it? Hey, I gave to the poor today. Look at me. But we see here that he's trying to tell us this is exactly what we're not supposed to do. And then he uses this word hypocrite, right? In, in the Greek, right, the hypocrite was an orator and an actor as well. So figuratively, right, the, the words, he, he started off, right, and then he would put on this mask on the stage And then pretend to be somebody else. And this is such a normal thing for us to see in playwright. But in the religious faith, for us to be a hypocrite, for us to pretend that to deceive people, to pretend we are something else, is not what God had set out for his people. We are not trying to pretend to be who we are. And he starts talking about this authentic connection that we're not only supposed to have with our neighbor, but with the father as well. The last thing we need in our churches is the image of everybody pretending to be something they're not. And then in verse 3 we see, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, then your secret who see, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Have any of you guys been to Panda Express recently? There is this thing. I don't know if yeah, we see a couple people. I don't know if you guys have done this, right? But at the cash register, I remember the first time it happened to me. I was so shocked, right? They ask you, and other restaurants are starting to do this as well. Do you want to give the rest of your, do you want to round up and give it to the to the children's hospital, whatever it be? And at first you're like, yeah, of course, yeah, I want to do that, right? But then after you do you you swipe it and they they ring the bell, they go ding ding, right? And then everybody in the Panda Express, what do they say? They say thank you, and it's just this interesting. Place to be in, right, because you're like, I just want to do something nice. I just want to help to give, give a 45 cents left, and they're out here saying thankful to me, and it's that weird feeling if we're thinking about this text, because it's not supposed to be about that. We give to the poor, because that's what Jesus did, and that's what he expects, but nothing, we should not expect anything in return. A.B. Bruce, a theologian, writes it like this, he says, show when you are tempted to hide And hide when you are tempted to show. Our good works must be public so that our light shines. Our religious devotions must be secret lest we boast about them. Everything has to do with glorifying God. And we see here that Jesus, he's so interesting in how he uses his phrasing. he says, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. The right hand was the active hand, right? You shouldn't be looking at yourself about what you're doing just keep on going don't think about it because when you start thinking your self-consciousness comes in then when your self-consciousness comes in it will turn into self-righteousness to give the 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 meanest is the act of mercy it's not the act of our own vanity or our own praise And we're starting to see this theme that is developing here. And then in verse 5, we see, now we're talking about prayer. And it says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Praying is just another avenue of worship in which we can praise God. I heard this story once from a friend of mine that his son learned the meaning of the word "amen." He know he f- he figured out that if you say "amen" when somebody's praying, everybody's going to stop. So one day when he was in church, right, his, this man was praying, and I guess the prayer went a little bit too long for the liking of this kid, and he starts screaming, "Amen, amen, amen!" And it was funny because he was telling me, he's like, "Yeah." He was praying just a little bit too long. I was proud of my son that day. <laughs> and what we see here, right, that he's talking about, for they love to pray, standing, that first sentence, they love to pray. You would think this is a good thing, but we see here that they're not praying to, fa- to the Father to have a meaningful connection. They weren't praying to him because this is what they wanted to do. They wanted to build an intimate relationship with him. No, we see that they were praying because they loved themselves. They liked public praying because they enjoyed showing off. They wanted everybody to see, look at the words which I know. Let me show you how much knowledge I have. Let me show you this fake relationship that I have with God. And we see here, he says, don't do that. That is not the way to pray. So then how do we pray? And we go here to verse 6. And he says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees, that, sees what is done in secret will reward you. I'm sure many of you here have your closets or your rooms in your homes which you go to to pray. I don't know. I really don't because I'm still getting to know you guys. But the reality is the reason, and Jesus is speaking to us right now in this time where we have so many distractions when our cell phones are buzzing and we're getting so many notifications time and time again, and he's saying, get away from all of that. Go into your room and spend time with me. And he goes on to say, right, and when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think well they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows you what you need before you ask him. You see, the pagans, they had these incantations that were long. We can think about the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18 when he's there on Mount Carmel and he's, and he's telling them, hey, ask your God to bring down fire. And we see that their priests, the priests of Baal, were, they're going around and they were talking morning, midday, night, and nothing happens. And then Elijah comes and steps forward and he prays two sentences to God. And we know how that turned out. We have a God who is actively listening. He doesn't want to hear just lips with no heart and no mind and thought. Why? Because he knows you. Your father knows you. He knows you better than we know ourselves. And sometimes when we in our prayers, we act as though God doesn't know who we are. We act as though he doesn't know what we're going through. He say, we, we act as though at times that we say, Father, we give him a list and say, please, Lord, this, this, and this. He's not Santa. He's God who is listening, who wants to be there for you. And many times we try to urge him, too. We're like, okay, God, I'm praying again. You still haven't answered my prayers. You still haven't. Lord, please, I'm praying, I'm praying. But he's our Father. Right? He's our father who, thought, who thou art in heaven. right? And I love this here about this phrase in First 8 right? because he says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Your father. It's a possessive pronoun. It means we all have ownership of God. We all worship the same God. We can all pray to the same God. And all he's saying here, he's saying, remember who you are talking to. Don't try. You don't have to act the way you do outside with me. I know you. I know you. And that should give us this feeling of hope, this feeling the anxiety should go away, that for at least one person in this world, we can just be in our closet and be who we were called to be. And I love that. And then we go into verse 9, and he gives us this example. He says, then this is how you should pray. And I want us to say it together again. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's not a long prayer. Jesus can see, if that's what he wanted, he could have gone, could have been a whole chapter. But he didn't do that. Simple. We can do it in less than 20 seconds. And I love how it starts off it says, Our Father. This is such a personal aspect here that we're praying to this Father. Your Father and my Father is the same. We have this sense of community that is starting out that we are praying to the same God. And he's listening to all of our prayers. So that makes you what? My brother and my sister as well. And I love that. It says, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And I love this because if just with this little phrase you can add on prepositional phrase and says, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my home. Your will be done, your kingdom come at work, at school, in your community. Wherever it be, we can ask God just little pieces of the kingdom because we know that the kingdom that is not of this world and that is heaven is a loving kingdom where there is no more anxiety, there's no more pain, and there's no more suffering. And that we can pray that to our Father, our Father. It's such a beautiful thing. And then he says, give us today our daily bread. It is an expression of the ultimate dependence of God. He will always provide. We never, he knows what we need. And he's just reminding us us of that again. He knows exactly what we need. And he will give us always our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Jesus here is talking about this because he knows forgiveness is not only beneficial to our social life, but it's also beneficial to our soul as well. Jesus knows that if with this portion, right, he knows that we see this movement, right, he changes from, your, from yours and to us and also to forgive your debtors. And we see an emphasis again in verses 14 and 15. Because when we realize our offenses, our offenses to God and how big they are, and how he always forgives us time and time again, no matter what we do. We should be able to forgive our neighbor as well. And then the last phrase, verse 13, it says, And now and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And in this, in this last portion, we see once again, we realize our own shortcomings. But we pray and we ask the Father to deliver us from the evil one. Because he's the only one who can save us. And then once again in verse 14, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. He reiterates that. And it's important to forgive. And I love this short, concise Beautiful prayer that Jesus teaches us. He gives us the example. We didn't even have to ask how. He just said, this is how you do it. This is how you're supposed to live your life. So go out and do this. The book of John, chapter 12, verse 43, he writes that the Pharisees at that time, they loved the human praises more than the praises of God. And that pains me. They love the praises of human more than of that of God. And I pray this morning that that's not the case. I pray this morning that we do not want the praises of our friends and those around us and say, look at how smart he is and look at everything he does. But rather, and we don't go about boasting that we pray and that we fast, right? Because if you say, hey, I'm fasting, right? And then guess what a week later they say and you, you know, you try to say, look, I'm different. No, you're not. That they would be able to see that we're having a relationship with Christ because they say, hey, something's different about you. They see that you're able right you're acting different because you're closer to the father than ever before and as, and as jesus is preaching out his coming out sermon here he's trying to tell all of those who listen that the time of pretentiousness pretending and performance is over the time of self-centeredness secrets and self-righteousness are done he is teaching us and he's telling us exactly what to do and the expectation of what we should do as the christians as christians but more importantly all he's asking us for us to do is to have an authentic relationship with him, and with those around us as well. My prayer this morning is this, is that when we give to the poor, when we pray and when we fast, that we do it out of the conviction for the relationship that we have with our Father. We don't do it for show, we, do, we, do, we don't do it because this is exact. like this is what I want to do, no, no I, Right? But rather we do this because it's the right thing to do. And it's what God has called us to do. Let's pray. Father, we're just so grateful that you know exactly who we are. That we don't have to pretend, we don't have to disguise, we don't have to do any of that. Because you said, we are your children. We just ask that every day you help us become a little bit more like you your kingdom to come you will be done in our lives thank you in jesus name i pray everybody said